At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Why work from home in your office could be in Yellowstone 2021 has been the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, and teardrops. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never had before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. You can also hang out with us and Josh Smoots from MidAmerica RV at the Chiefs opener against the Cleveland Browns. That's where we will kick off our 2021 tailgate tour. We'll have the game day trailer there. We might have my little baby trailer there, but we're definitely going to have a good time. It's a free tailgate for our friends, subscribers, and listeners, so come on out. We'll have the natty lights flowing. I'm sure Boulevard will kick in some kegs for us as well. But you can come hang out uh, with the three of us as well as the rest of the crew. So if you've ever seen all the, the trouble we get into on Instagram, all the fun we have on the road, now is your chance to come hang out with us. So that will be a 10 a.m. tailgate kickoff for a 325 game. The night before, if you really want to live like Mello and I, Paige, remember the first time we met in person? It was at Stanford, Stanford Cal, the game. And the night yes. before, Mello and I had gone into San Francisco to hang out with Jared Brown. And I was so hungover that one of my eyes didn't work. Like, <laughs> the mixture of, like, allergies and hangover. I had thrown up on a security stand the well, night I was before. Say, yeah, Mello, I who had never been work. to San Francisco, had to drive my drunk ass from San Francisco to Palo Alto, having never been in yeah, California before. So if you, want, if you want to live like kings of tailgating, we're actually doing a pregame party, which is a terrible idea, but we're doing a pregame party at the Atomic Cowboy, which is a great fucking name for a bar, in Westport, which is one of Kansas City's best neighborhoods. Six o'clock on Saturday, September 11th, Texas kicks off against Arkansas at six o'clock. We will be there. They have drink specials. They actually named a drink after your favorite podcast co-host. It's called the Mellow. It's a it's a natty. You just have to shout. I love it. Not really. He's like not really. They should. They should. Uh, but it's oh, going to be. Oh, I didn't know they named it after me. Out. That's so strange. Right, I had no idea. Right. Mellow, it's I just a hot toddy for your voice. No. Yeah. I was going to say, do I need to wear a cowboy hat yes. to this establishment? That's yes. Required. You have to. You're not allowed in. If the bar is called the Atomic Cowboy, it's boot scootin' boogie time. Um, I'm very excited for it. It's great to be back on the but tailgate. But they also have like New York style pizza. And ice cream and breakfast. So it's a, a four-in-one type situation. Uh, it's going to be a, an amazing time. And also they're doing Is it really a country dancing place? It can be. We can make it that way. Any place I can mean, be, Milo, if you try. can be, right? All right. There's nothing saying it can't be. So I think we just make it into one that night. But it's going to be a great time. We'll probably watch Texas lose. But it'll be fun nonetheless. And there are, like, we'll have some drink specials and things like that to announce. It'll be free admission, um, and we might even pick up your first round. We'll see how it goes. But the, those are the, the things I need to tell you about that we're doing. And, and of course, that weekend, uh, we're going to have some Manscaped swag to give away. So I think we're giving away three of the new grooming kits. So come out, win some and cool our, shit. <clears throat> our guy Big Country will be there doing free trims. 
for everyone <laughs> as well that wants one. <laughs> I just, huh. Yeah. I wish I would have seen. That's a deal that I worked out with Manscaped. <laughs> okay. Right. So right. just let it go for the next six weeks. Five. And then uh, Five we'll get you all shaped up. Yeah. Right? I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Uh, I wish I had been in the office on your side when Austin heard that news. Because I know Pete's going to say. Like, Mellow Big Country and I are in the same office, but I have my, I'm in a separate room from them. So I don't get to see the Does he need to make his first podcast appearance? Is it going to happen? Here it is. There's Austin. (laughs) He's so happy right now. He's like, (laughs) yeah, he's like, I should have left. What am I doing? My man is in between spots right now. Maybe being a ball barber is his future. I don't know. (laughs) He can't hear me. I can't wait for him to listen to this tomorrow. Okay, let's get into the actual podcast. Paige's voice is hurting, so you guys get to deal with. It's an old school podcast where I get to just take the lead today, which means we're going to zip right through shit and probably get off topic. Let's start right here. (laughs) We haven't even got into it yet. I know. know, right? The Indianapolis Colts are cursed. That is my belief, that this team is cursed. You trade for Carson Wentz. He re-injures a foot injury from high school, has a broken foot, is having surgery. He's out 5 to 12 weeks. Your best player on the entire team is your left guard, and I'm not throwing shade there. It's true. Quentin Nelson is one of the best players in the NFL. He now has the same injury. What are the chances? Same injury. He also had surgery, is out 5 to 12 weeks. Now, this matters a lot. I'm sure you guys have seen the stat running around that when Jonathan Taylor ran behind Quentin Nelson last year, he averaged 4.1 yards a carry. When he ran behind anyone else, he averaged 2.1 yards a carry. This matters for your fantasy team. This matters for your real team. And it matters if you're an Eagles fan because that Carson Wentz trade was conditional. They got a third rounder in 2021. But if he plays 75% of the snaps or 70% and they make the playoffs, the Eagles get a first-round pick from the Colts. If not, it's a second-round pick, guys. So there are a lot of domino effects that happen here. I've been very bullish on the fact that I think the Colts and Carson Wentz are overrated. Uh, and now we'll have to wait 5 to 12 weeks to see if we were right or wrong about that. I, just, I really feel bad for Eagles fans because I think when they heard about the injury, they probably forgot about the pick. And like what it's actually tied to, so they probably had that moment of like, ha ha, look at you guys yeah. taking our quarterback and he's broken. And then it's like, oh wait, actually, this really sucks for us. You really needed him or wanted him to play seventy five percent of the snaps, and then you know probably have a bad year. But now uh, it's looking like that's probably going to be a second round pick that they're getting back for him, which uh, I guess is still a pretty good value considering. But it is tough, and you have to wonder. Is there a curse in Indianapolis? I mean, even going back to Peyton Manning, like with the neck injury, you had a great quarterback, hurt his neck. And it's like, oh, okay, it's fine. We're going to draft Andrew Luck. Then Andrew Luck retires early, and now you've just been struggling. You get this new quarterback in. He's never been healthy. Quentin Nelson's getting hurt. Uh, I'm all about sports curses, so maybe we just start looking into this one with the Colts. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily put the Carson Wentz one on the Colts because, I mean, he's been in the league for, what, five years and played two full seasons. Like, that. at some point, it's just, like, the player. Also, the fact that, like, yep. this surgery requires them to just, like, take the bone out, which I think is very weird, like, weird because it's, like, they basically said take the bone out, otherwise it's just going to keep happening. So, um, very odd, sad, and I know they tried to, like, stay positive. I heard, like, interviews from the team. They're like, yeah, we're just going to do our best, and, like, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. I'm like, oh, man, we're in blessing right? in disguise phase. Like, that's full-on <laughs> denial of, like, oh, God, this is going to be really bad. 
But, I mean, 5 to 12 weeks is such a weird... Like, that's a big time frame. And they say because different players heal. So, I think we might get one of them before the other. I think you see Carson try and figure it out. I can tell you which one it is. I'll bet on which one's back faster. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, it's just kind of a weird timeline. It's hard for them to kind of, like, make decisions and moves because you don't know if it's going to be, like, extended, really. Right. And speaking of the Colts... And that trade to the Eagles. One thing that a lot of Eagles fans took solace in was you got rid of a bad contract. You got rid of a guy, a quarterback who's hurt often. And now you had the draft capital to go get Deshaun Watson. Then 22 women accused Deshaun Watson of sexual misconduct. And those trade talks ended until Thursday morning when someone reported from CBS Sports reported that talks were heating up between the Eagles and Texans. I do not believe that, and I, this has nothing to do with the reporter um, whose name I'm, – I'm not even sure who it was. I just saw on my phone it was CBS Sports, so I apologize for not knowing. But I don't buy it because I still maintain that you cannot trade for Deshaun Watson with all this going on right now. Like, we don't know if he's going to play this year. And to that point, he reported to camp. He's not really at camp. He's been playing safety sometimes, and as soon as they put the pads on, he has basically been held out of practice. So – it's a, it's a situation, like we've said all along, it's worth monitoring. It's something you have to be aware of. But fellow, uh, fellas, excuse me, sorry, Paige. God, is that deep of voice today. <laughs> so boys, Friends, yeah. <laughs> I'm not buying for one second that talks are heating up between the Texans and Eagles for Deshaun Watson when you don't know if he's going to play this year. And you don't even know how many first-round picks you have next year, which is going to be a huge part of this package. So call me a skeptic. I hope it works out for both of these teams. I would love for Deshaun to be you know, vindicated in this situation. He's a great player, but it does still go back to if these allegations are true, he should never play again. And I think that you have to have that mindset if you're one of the 31 other teams that maybe are interested in trading for him. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. And, you know, talking a lot on uh, mic'd up that we do daily here, I just don't see how you can let this guy get on the field in 2021. If you're the NFL, I know that there's – there's actually not a lot of evidence right now that any of this happened, which is it does sound crazy, but that's why he isn't on the commissioner's exempt list, or that's why we're not going and, and having a court trial or anything like that. So, But I don't think you can let him get on the field because if any of this is true, and you have to look back and say, man, we let this guy on the field, we let him play and make millions of dollars in 2021, that's going to be a very, very tough look for the NFL. So I don't think you can't. Uh, you, you almost have to find a way to just – Talk with him and be like, hey, I, I hope you understand the situation. You don't want to be a Texan anyway. You, you can't play right. this year. I don't know if that means like he still gets paid. I, I don't know. It's just it's a weird situation, and that's why I don't think he can be traded for. Like you said, the picks are weird. Like Maybe you could throw a player in and say uh, these picks are conditional, but I'm not trading for a quarterback who might not ever play again. Like This isn't, this isn't a good situation, and it's not going to get better until – Probably February. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys think there's any truth to the situ- the rumor that he's dealing with an ankle and foot injury? That was part of why they said he was sitting out. And my thought process is there, like, not to, to say that this, you have to drive his, like, trade amount down, but, like, I feel like that's a very, very strange rumor when all of this is going on. Not to say that it's not true, but just to be like, oh, yeah, he's, he's dealing with some things is a little odd in this situation. I didn't know if that was like yeah. a common thing to just throw that kind of stuff out there to avoid having those awkward conversations, or do we think there's maybe some truth to that? There could maybe be some truth to it. Like, he hasn't 
been working out with them all summer, so maybe he's just a little sore or he's not like maybe he didn't pass a conditioning test. You know, there's like there are there are ways around this, but I do think it's like you can't out and out lie about an injury report unless you're Tampa Bay and you don't report that Tom Brady has a torn MCL all year. But like you usually don't see teams lie that a player is injured. It's usually the mm-hmm. oh no, it's Obviously. not that bad. He's not that hurt. Yeah. So I don't know that I believe that. But I guess this is something that it feels like every week we sit here and we're like, we're not talking about Deshaun Watson until there's new news. Every week there's new news that we have to talk about. So it's just, it's the gift that keeps on giving even when you really would not like to talk about a player being accused 22 times of sexual misconduct. So let's move on to something that I know makes Paige and I very happy, and even Mello as well, because Trey Lance was one of your favorite prospects in the 2021 draft class, and Trey Lance is showing out. He, every day, and I follow so many Niner beat writers and the team account and everything, all you hear about is how good Trey Lance looks. So, Mello, you mentioned it. We talk about this a lot on our radio show, Mic'd Up Every Day. Either this Niners defense sucks or Trey Lance is really good. It's one or the other. And you have to, yeah. if you're a Niners fan, you got to be like, all right, we got the guy. He's as good as was advertised. That game film we saw in 2019 was was it. It's a guy who did not throw an interception until his last game of college, which was basically a scrimmage. It seems like that's the player the 49ers got, someone who has, we've seen the highlights, the rollouts, the deep arm, looking like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. But the Niners still aren't starting him, and he's still not taking first-team reps. Kyle Shanahan says Jimmy G's QB1. They might have a Trey Lance package. We'll talk about the Niners today in our divisional breakdowns, but Trey Lance uh, seemingly living up to the reputation. Yeah, and like you said, he was my QB2. I think Paige landed on that, too. Maybe has moved him up to QB1 now. In my heart, yes. But I, I'm excited to see the player be successful. Uh, I'm not the biggest Niners fan. I'm actually kind of an anti-49ers guy, uh, despite you two being on this podcast with me. But uh, I don't know. I don't know when we'll see Jimmy or uh, sorry Trey Lance because they seem to love (laughs) Jimmy G still. And I don't get it. Anytime somebody says something positive to Kyle Shanahan about Trey Lance, he turns it to Jimmy G. It's like, oh, yeah, Trey's been great. He's really pushing Jimmy G, and we're seeing the best out of him so far this year. So... I'm excited for Trey Lance. I want to see him play early, but it still seems like Kyle Shanahan is tied to Jimmy G for at least this season. Yeah, I don't know that it's this season. I think maybe the other part of this is he wants to fully make sure he's ready in the sense of, like, he doesn't want to let everyone know, oh, yeah, we're probably going to go with Trey at some point this year. That's just not something you're going to get from him. But I also think it was really interesting that he – like, gives Trey, he's really hard on Trey Lance because, like, not hard, but just gives him, like, a a bad time. Like, I guess somebody, like, the Niners can track how much film each of their guys are watching, and, like, Trey Lance was, like, number one in minutes, and he's like, look, I'm smart enough, I know that you can just turn, press play, and have that thing running. I don't believe it for one bit. He's got to prove it. So it seems like he's more doing it to, like, push Trey Lance, maybe, I think, and, like, fuel that fire, and maybe that's something he's like learned while being around him is that might be the way to sort of motivate him to get the best out of him and to his point like he did say like we want him to be able to like learn everything be involved in all of that for a little bit and Jimmy G's been here he knows sort of how we do things Mm -hmm. so I do think we eventually see him this year I don't think it's like a hey Jimmy G for the whole year year or Jimmy G until he gets hurt type of deal that'll happen Yeah, but the other point I did want to make is I know you mentioned that maybe the defense was not looking so great, that this is why this is happening, but um, our defensive coordinator said 
that he sort of like took a slight at Jimmy. He's like, yeah, it's actually really nice to have like a quarterback that like is mobile and can do things and can challenge right? our defense. So, um, so, so, like, do that one? so I do think that he said like that was the first time they've really been challenged and that's something they needed to work on because that's burnt them during the season. So I'm hoping that that even just seeing Trey Lance and getting those reps in practice help our defense. And I did like that the offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, said that Trey Lance is to the point where he's correcting other players in terms of what the offense, like if they call plans and it lines up wrong, he's correcting them. So I think he's probably not Netflixing with Colin Coward's daughter. I think he's probably actually watching <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. Like, let's be honest. That's my, I, I, do too. I do too. I so think sorry. Kyle was just giving him a bad time and it was actually pretty funny. Right. I'm still not, I'm still like Melo said, it's weird being a Niners fan. Who's like, I, I'm not a fan of any team anymore. I, I've like come to that realization when you've done this job for so long, you root for players and you root for people, and yeah. I'm definitely rooting for Trey Lance. Without a doubt, rooting for Trey Lance. Uh, we had an interesting situation this week, guys, where two NFL teams had, like, out-and-out brawls at camp. The New York Giants, there was a hard hit. There was a scrum. Joe Judge gets so mad, he lines these dudes up and makes them run 100-yard sprints. He didn't like how they did those sprints. He made them do them again. People are doing, like, jumping jacks. It was like August practice high school football style. Then you have the Detroit Lions getting a fight, and Dan Campbell is basically like holding people back, letting his guys go at it, and he's talking about how he loved it, and it's like he's so juiced up by his guys fighting. So I would love to know, if you were an NFL head coach and your team got in a huge fight like this, which side would you be on? Are you the separator, or are you the, you know what, I want to see some toughness here. I think this is, uh, go ahead, Mello. No, I am, I let it go. I have, as a coach before, <laughs> let it go. I do think it's great. Like, maybe not when your quarterback is at the bottom of the pile. You don't want to see that too many times. But there are some times when you'll have O-line, D-line going up against each other, and they start to trash talk a little bit. And then tempers do boil over. And I do think that it is good because you're getting the best out of both those guys. So many times in camp or practice, you get a little lackadaisical, and it's just like going through the motions, don't really care who wins this rep. But then a fight breaks out, and you know, especially in the NFL when you have guys who are, I'm a defensive player, I'm an offensive player, I like it. And for Dan Campbell, let it go on a little bit. Like, you don't want to get anybody seriously hurt, but I would. I would let it go on for yeah, a good couple swings. Oh, yeah. Right. As long as no one's swinging a helmet, like Miles Garrett style. <laughs> who would do that? Yeah, no. Um, I respect Dan Campbell's uh, coffee intake and how hyped up he gets because that was a lot. He said he takes like two ventis with two shots each um, and drinks both of those in the morning, which is a lot of coffee, by the way. Wait, he does that in the morning? Yes, in the morning. He gets, you didn't see this video, he gets two venti coffees with two shots how each much? of espresso each. How much is a venti? Uh, 20? 20 ounces. 20 ounces, yeah. Actually, my I don't know why they don't just call that shit. Not ventis. Italian 20. for 20. So. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Good call. Right. But so I, I agree. Why, why they have to do this. Like, oh, you're so cute with your tall and your grande and your venti. Give me a small, hey, medium, dude, and there a will fucking be no large. Starbucks slander on this podcast, Kate. Okay, I like their running. overpriced shit. I'm just saying, like, just call it what it is. Small, medium, large. <laughs> it is. It is. Okay. Guess what uh, I do when I walk up there to order my stuff? Yeah, I want say, a medium. Yeah. I want a medium. <laughs> you're that guy. Yeah, I'm not going to conform to your West Coast fanciness. Sorry. See, I almost get if, like... If you're going to have one Italian size, why aren't the other two Italian as well? What's Italian for tall? That should be the small. Same. This Doesn't seems tall is a small? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, figure that shit out. 
That's dumb. <laughs> What's so funny? I'm not a coffee drinker. And a grande <laughs> is medium. So you have two. Yep, tall, very large. English. Grande, which yep means large, and then venti, which means twenty. It doesn't fucking make sense <laughs> at all. Own. The worst part is that I go into other coffee shops and like when they have like small, medium, or large, I'm like, uh, I have to like Don't think about it. Don't say the, the the Starbucks version. But anyway, I would probably be on the side of uh, disciplining and having them run. I know that probably doesn't surprise you guys at all. Um, just because I, I, like you said, like there could be injury involved. You don't want to do that. I understand like getting a little yeah. chippy, but like a full on brawl, like, gr- come on, you're grown ups. And I used to be, which is so bad because I used to be on the side of like, please don't fight in baseball. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I love when they like go after each other. Um, but I, I maybe my opinion will change in, in time and I'll be fine with the football thing, but which is, I mean, more likely to have a fight anyway, but um, yeah, I just think safety-wise, it's just not smart, and I'm, like, big on safety, so that would probably be my, Same. the way I go. Big safety girl, right? I do wonder with, like, the Giants, though, and that's something we saw with Joe Judge last year, is how are your players going to respond to that? Because these are not, you know, junior high or high school yeah. kids. These are professional right. athletes. Like, he had Saquon Barkley on the line doing push-ups. How's that going to go over? With a guy who's a multimillionaire, or you know, incoming free agents who are like, "Hey, there's a fight last year, and he made everybody sprint." I'm not good with that. And you know, some players I think will respond to it and be like, "Yeah, that's the kind of guy we want." But I do think he will also push some players away. And I, I was joking on Twitter the other day about a lot of the Giants players like have retired. Like there have been like three already, and some of it was before the fight. But still, it's just it's a funny joke. But. I do wonder how those players will respond to that discipline. And I would worry with Bel- with Judge being a Belichick guy, you know, quote-unquote Belichick guy, if you have some people who are like, great, we got another Belichick here, where Dan Campbell's like, I was a player, and then I was under Sean Payton, so you, like, I'm going to get the best out of you, but I'm going to allow you to be a grown man. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to handle it, yeah. but it's just fun to get yeah, perspective, you know? Well, and also, I, I think either way, you're going to piss off somebody, yeah. and you're going to make somebody but, happy. And I think, ultimately, like, you have to know your team. Like, you have to know yeah. your team and know what yeah. they need. Like, how... If you have, like, a very immature team that, like, is unstructured and they're not following the rules, I think you got to put them on that line and make them run. If you... And Dan Campbell, this is his first year, so he probably doesn't even know his team. He's just trying to be the anti... Matt Patricia, you know, so it's like, oh, let's have fun. Beat the hell out of each other. It's okay. Uh, one more thing mm-hmm. before we get to our NFC West breakdown. The college football landscape has changed a lot. We've covered it on this show with Texas and Oklahoma now officially part of the SEC starting in 2025, if not sooner. Until now, yeah. And, and, yeah, until someone pays the $84 million and, and gets them out of there. Until the but Big 12 what happens to yeah until the Big 12 folds, which could be part of what happens now because the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have allegedly been in contact about some form of maybe a schedule alliance, maybe a, basically a merger while not calling it a merger. I don't think this helps the Big 12 at all. I know there was a report from Paige's uh, homie Mike Vernon that Kansas was going to the Big 10. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's a, a lot of news out there, and I think we're still just waiting to see the Big 12 basically like a house of cards just fold in on itself because it's losing everything that's holding it up. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how it makes sense for these two conferences. Like, what are you hoping to get out of it? If you're the Pac-12, you don't need any of these Big 12 schools. Like, would it be cool to add a Texas Tech? Sure, but I, I don't think that 
people are going to look at the Pac-12 and be like, oh, man, like, they're set now. They brought in Texas Tech. Uh, I, <laughs> I think that they're pretty okay with what they have right now. Maybe trying to get some of the other big schools. But, I mean, I think the, these Big 12 schools that are left, some of them are natural fits to like, okay, we're going to go to the Big 10. We're going to go to the ACC. And I think there's going to be a lot of them just left out to where we might be creating another group of five conference and not a power five conference. So I guess we'll have like a group of six thing and a power four, but I, I don't understand it financially. Like now you're just splitting revenue. I don't think any media outlet is coming in and being like, Oh, we have to get this PAC 12, big 12 thing that's going on. Like nobody wants anything to do with the remaining big 12 schools. That's why Texas and OU left. Mm -hmm. I, it, so I, it doesn't make sense. To and me. it's why yeah. when they left, they didn't ask anyone to go with them, you know, they didn't. They exactly. didn't hit up Kansas and be like, "Hey, we're going to the SEC. You want to go?" Or they didn't hit up yep. Baylor or Oklahoma State and be like, "Hey, check this out. We got to deal with the SEC. You want to come with us?" They didn't do that because yeah. they don't need anyone else. Yeah, right. I. Th I mean, that's probably why they joined the SEC, right? Because they don't need anyone else. Um, but I think they one need of the to get things their ass kicked by Alabama because that's yeah. what's going to happen. Um, this doesn't make any sense specifically for the Pac-12. I understand taking some teams, but taking on that whole thing, like, yeah. the, why would you take on, a, take on a sinking ship like that? And I know the Big 12 is trying to do damage control. They've already said, you know, the revenue, they've told schools the revenue is going to be down because of this, like, regardless, like, just prepare for this. But I, it doesn't make literally any sense. But what was interesting about the reports that were starting to come out is that we're going to see a lot of people outside of the SEC starting to have conversations and have these reported meetings because from everything that's been reported, it's sort of like the SEC versus everybody else right now because it like people will eventually join them, I think, but I think they also want to make sure that they're being protected and they're not joining something that's going to basically be like pushed against. Um, so it is going to be a really, really interesting um couple of weeks even just because I think those things are going to start to move really quickly and I think this is going to follow us throughout the year and I think by next year like they'll be part the Texas and OU will be part of the SEC officially and be playing those games yep. which would be wild but the other thing I did want to say is I wanted to give a shout out to um, a Texas senator who was listening to um, Texas talk about they were talking about I think the like ability for them to play in different conferences and that a thing in Texas or something or maybe Oklahoma they were talking to him and he was asking, and she asked, you know, how much do you guys make? And he's like, oh, this is how much you make, probably puts us first. And he goes, wow. And she goes, even without a, a good football team as of late. Even without a winning football team. Yeah. And then she's like three and seven against the Horned Frogs because obviously she was a TCU alum. And the best was like, maybe your fan base would want to lose, prefers to lose Alabama to TCU. I, you guys, I don't think I've laughed that hard in a very long time. I was like, oh, this, what's this video about? Honestly, Tell TCU to make ninety million dollars a year, and then we'll okay, talk about it. Okay, right? okay, right? They were with, right? with an average football right. team. With an average football team, oh, it was so yeah. good. But like, why? She's a Texas senator. Is this correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they're not leaving the state. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're no. Right? They're, I know, but like, they're still in Austin. So why? Like, why are senators upset? It's that college football. An institution. It's not with, in the state because of Texas. She, she was people making to a quote joke. Quote, tweet her. Yeah, she's she was making a joke. Bigger office. Sounds. Yeah. No, I know that it's a joke. Oh, I laughed sensitive. at it too. I'm not trying sensitive to be like, oh, don't Texas talk about fans. Texas. No, I'm not. Because I'm, I laughed at it too. I thought it was funny. But the part I didn't understand is why are all these senators in Texas upset? I don't get they're, it either. They're, they're not leaving the union. <laughs> you know, we don't have to because worry about Because they left her on the monitor, TCU, hanging out to dry. 
Sorry yeah. she couldn't get into yeah, a better so like, fucking school. <laughs> I mean, that's just I, I didn't I didn't get this it. I, is, don't, I don't know why. Well, like I would say the same thing in Oklahoma though. It's not because I'm a Texas fan. Like people are pissed off in Oklahoma that the Sooners are leaving. Like you're going to make more money. So I like from a football standpoint, it doesn't make sense. Never. Yeah. But from like a state senator standpoint, you should be like, hey, that's cool. <laughs> we have a university that's going to make more money. That's yeah. good for and us. I and also get more exposure, which is a great thing for your state and your university, right? Like especially Oklahoma, like where that's not a huge state. It's not a heavily populated state. It's like, yes, you're going to get more yeah. exposure. You're going to get beat, which is not good. But you're going to get more exposure being in the SEC and being on ESPN every weekend instead of. Maybe on Fox at a weird yeah. time that no one can find you. Mm. Yeah, I so. I think it was mostly to rile up um, Texas sensitive Texas fans, which he, Texas fans can't be sensitive. We're not they good are. at football, but everyone thinks we are. We're they not are. good at basketball, but everyone thinks we're supposed to be. And even like the horns down thing, I think it's funny. Like it doesn't matter to me at yeah. all. I think it should be allowed. Uh, if the horns up's allowed, horns down should be allowed. It's like. There might be sensitive Texas fans, but they're probably sitting in like a corporate office in Austin right now with their polo tucked into their khakis with the pleat and their cowboy boots on. Like, that's fine. You do you, finance guy. But like, <laughs> real football fans don't actually care. We know we're going to a conference where we're going to get our ass kicked constantly. But hopefully, yeah. things change with Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> well, so anyway, let's take a break. We'll do some NFC West when we come back. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right, it's NFC West breakdown time. We get Paige's favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers, and a lot of other teams as well. So, Paige, you get to start us off this week. We'll start with the Niners. You got over-under on wins, your fantasy guy, and your breakout candidate. All right, well, I love how you said it was my team. So I'm just going to remind you of that when we make the Super Bowl, that this is my team. I understand you have that there, but remember you said you're not really a fan of any team this time. So I'm just going to remind Jerry you that. Jerry Rice. Way. I'm a big but Jerry Rice fan. Love Jerry Rice. Um... 49ers, 10 wins was what it was set at. I'm going to take the over, obviously. I, hey, I am. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Obviously. Obviously. You guys are being so negative. Anywho, uh, fantasy guy. Also, I want to just preface that I did fill this out last, so I tried to make different answers. Um, but I took George Kittle because, in my opinion, he is tied in one. That's very biased, and I don't really care, but that's my fantasy pick. And then my breakout candidate is Trey Lance, because I think he plays. So I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. If I had to guess, I would I would venture that he would play in week three. Wow. That's my guess. That's early. Early. Mm-hmm. That's early. Uh, Mello, you went in on this next? Sure. Uh, ten wins. I'm going to take the under. Um, even if Jimmy G is healthy and he is the quarterback, I think that they're going to lose some games. And that I'm not even like trying to take a shot at you guys. Uh, I mean, a little bit. I do like to do that. 
But this division is so tough. I mean, you have to play the Rams twice. You have to play the Seahawks twice. And I believe the Cardinals beat them once last year. So, I mean, they're even a tough team, even though they're kind of the bottom feeder in this division right now. So I am going to take the under. I think they're probably looking at an eight, nine win season, which isn't terrible. But I do think that this roster is further from the Super Bowl than a lot of people think. I, I know they were just there, but keeping it healthy, do they really have a number one target at receiver? What's the running back group going to look like? There's never really one guy under Kyle Shanahan. So I am going to take the under, and I, I still question that defense too. You lost Robert Sala, and we'll see how much he was responsible for that success. But I'm going to take the under. Fantasy guy that I'm looking for is Brandon Ayuk uh, with Jimmy Gee, maybe he'll have some connection there. I don't know. George Kittle, I, I think he's a great tight end. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy this year too. But I'm taking Brandon Ayuk for fantasy. And uh, maybe one of you can help me out because I never learned how to say this safety's name. Talanoa. But I do think that he – there we go. That guy Achoo. is going to have a breakout season where maybe I'll, I'll actually learn how to say his name. But I really like his game and I like his fit with San Francisco. So I, I think that he's a young guy that can – uh, earn some early playing time. Uh, Melo, I think you hit on a lot of good points there. Over under 10 wins, I'm going to take the under. And I think one thing that, I don't know if you guys caught this when you, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, the odds on these teams, the Niners 10 wins, Seahawks 10 wins, Rams 10 and a half, Cardinals 8. Yeah. It is very hard for me to see this division where you're going to play each other multiple times a year. You're out of division schedules, not that difficult this year, but still like, we're going to have three teams with a winning schedule with 10 wins, three playoff teams. I don't see this division as that good. So I do think the Niners are a team that's probably going to underperform those expectations. Injuries are a huge concern for me. And as you mentioned, not only is Robert Sala gone, there's a lot of turnover in the secondary. Richard Sherman is gone. So you're really br hoping Jason Verrett can stay healthy for the first time in his career, or you're hoping that uh, was Deontay Johnson can step up uh, this year and, and be that other outside corner. Like, that depth at corner is just not good, and I don't think the safety plays that great either. So we might see Ambry Thomas. We might see Talano Hafeng. We might see those players early, which does concern me in this defense, even though you have a great pass rush up front, which will help. Uh, as far as my fantasy guy, uh, you guys, I mean, Mel Melo took Brandon Ayuk, and I knew Paige was going to take George Kittle. So I'm with Debo Samuel. I think a healthy Debo has a chance to be that number one guy. Brandon Ayuk is so good at the yards after catch, but I think Debo's versatility, how strong he is as a route runner, and then what he does give you after the catch, when he's been healthy, he's been outstanding. So I, I do think that he could emerge as that guy this year. The Niners running backs, I have a rule to like never draft them. I will pick them up and like basically just use them on a weekly basis because you don't know. Is it going to be Raheem Mostert? Is it going to be Trey Sermon? Is it going to be who's it? It's just like week to week. Who's healthy? He's going to be that guy. Now for breakout candidate, I'm going with Aaron Banks, who was the team's second draft pick out of Notre Dame. I think he has a great chance to be the starting right guard this year, um, which maybe is not that sexy, but it is a huge need for this team, especially with how much they want to run the ball. So Aaron Banks, I think, has a chance to become that guy that Nair fans are definitely aware of because he was a high draft pick, but I, I think he'll be that player where like, oh, okay, didn't realize he was going to be this good. So those, those are my picks. One question um, before we move on, though. Yeah. When do you think we see Trey Lance? I know Paige said week three. I have formerly said, I think it was week six, right after the bye was when I thought we would probably see him. Mello, when do you come in on Trey Lance playing? How many games did Jimmy G play last year? 
Uh, I don't know the answer to that one. I think Jimmy G is going to get hurt. I, d I don't know. Bold take by me, right? I feel bad. I don't think that this him. will be a situation. I don't think it will be a situation where Kyle Shanahan actually replaces Jimmy G. I don't think he wants to, and I don't know if it, he has the balls to. Uh, so I think that it's going to be a situation where Jimmy G gets hurt and he is forced to play Trey Lance. And then, uh, much like we saw with the Chargers and Justin Herbert, where they say, no, like, as soon as Jimmy G's healthy, he's our guy. And then Trey Lance is going to come in and ball out, and they will actually have to say, like, whoops, like, he is really good. I do like him. He opens up the playbook. So I'd say, like, week four, week five. I week think four he'll, is against he'll be the in Seahawks. There. So that's a tough one. Uh, week so that's where he probably gets hurt. Yeah, and then week six is the bye. The schedule's not great for them early. Week one's the Lions. You'll probably get a win there. Week two's the Eagles. I have no idea what to expect from that team. Then you have the Packers, Seahawks, mm -hmm. and Cardinals before the bye. So, see, pretty good test early. Yeah, I think you throw yeah. him into the, the ring of fire, essentially, with, with playing at the Packers. Right? I mean, I think he should start week one. Yeah. I don't know why they're toying with this whole Jimmy G is still a guy. Like, Trey Lance looks good. Well, I mean, they lied to everybody all through the pre-draft process. Say, they might be lying to through the preseason process. Remember, too. they don't so, leak, okay? And they've got a lot of smokescreen yeah. action going on. But um, what's going to leak is that secondary. Oh Lord. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to Seahawks. the Seahawks. Right, Seahawks set at ten wins. Paige, take it away. Um, okay, so I actually don't think the Seahawks are going to be that good this year. This is seriously not my bias coming in I promise you but I did take the over on 10 wins just because they have Russell Wilson they make things happen um fantasy guy I took Chris Carson and only because we have heard since the end of the season last year and all of the offseason Pete Carroll say we need to fix our run game we need to fix our run game we need to run the ball better more effectively so I think he's going to get his touches and I think he'd be a solid guy plus I picked last on fantasy guys and you two picked some pretty solid guys um, in terms of breakout candidates, um, I picked Akella Witherspoon, who's somebody Matt and I are very familiar with. Um, and he, if he stays healthy, I should say, if he stays healthy, I think he can be excellent. I think one of the things that, um, the Seahawks said when bringing him in is that they were highly impressed with how he covered DK Metcalf. And I think if you can keep that guy contained in a game, you can pretty much go up against a, a bunch of other guys in the league. So... I'm going to pick Akello Witherspoon to have a breakout season. I also just felt bad about the 49ers situation because I do think he sort of wanted to stay. <laughs> we lost Matt. Right. <clears throat> we did. So you're going to uh, go I'll go next then. Yeah, Seahawks, 10 wins. Uh, I'm also taking the over. I, uh, but I also kind of agree with you. I don't think that they're that good of a team, but I think they still have Russell Wilson yeah. at quarterback. So I'm going to take the over. He's never had a losing season in the NFL, which is an absolutely ridiculous stat, especially considering – uh, this division has yeah. been very good over the last couple of years. And I still think that their defense can be good. Uh, they do have a group of running backs that I think can be good enough. And you mentioned uh, Chris Carson, too. So I, I think that they can be okay there. And, again, like Russell Wilson and these receivers are going to be very good. And that's my fantasy guy. I am going to take Tyler Lockett. I think Tyler Lockett is as productive as almost any receiver. I mean, especially on the Seahawks roster. I know DK gets a lot of attention, but for me, I, I love Tyler Lockett. I think he's been underappreciated every year that he's in the league, and he is still a guy who you can probably grab pretty late, and he's still going to be very good. And my breakout player, uh, <laughs> this is my bias. 
It is Puna Ford. <laughs> I absolutely love this player. And anytime I have to talk about the Seahawks, I'm going to talk about Puna Ford because I love him. Man, he should have been drafted, as everybody knows. And now he's got a little bit of a paycheck, too. And I think that he's going to emerge. I think we're looking at a Pro Bowl-type interior lineman. I know it's not a sexy position or a sexy job with what he does, but he's so good at what he does and what he's asked to do. So Puna Ford, my breakout player. What a name. Um, so we did lose Matt in the middle of all of this, and I think we should take a break so he can uh, get his life back together. I think his computer froze, so we're going to take a break for a sec and be right back. We found Hello. Matt. We found Matt. Hi. Go ahead, you see how Good to see you. Technology. Good times. Uh, it's also, that's how hot it is in my office. My computer decided to stop working. Okay, so for the Seahawks, I am taking the over on 10 wins. Russell Wilson has never had a losing season as Seahawks quarterback. I don't think that starts now. Mello just said that, didn't he? I didn't hear any of it, so <laughs> never mind. I'm just kidding. What other, what other takes did just steal? Uh, I do think they take the, I have taken the over. I don't think they'll win this division, but I do think they're a wild card team this year. A lot of questions about the pass rush, but reports out of camper that uh, Daryl Taylor has looked really, really strong. So hopefully we see that continue. My fantasy guy, uh, DK Metcalf, uh, all the touchdowns. If you're in a PPR league, Tyler Lockett might be a better player for you, but DK is going to get you all the points in terms of touchdowns. And I think we only see his role grow as his connection in year three with Russell Wilson's just that much better. Breakout candidate, I wrote about this maybe a month ago. Quandre Diggs has been in the NFL for a minute. This dude should be more of a household name. It's a shame the Lions didn't use him the way that he needed to be used. And I think if you look at the Seahawks defense, it's Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner are super important. I would argue Quandre Diggs is the third most important defender on that team. So expecting a big breakout year from him statistically to where he starts to get that Pro Bowl type recognition that he deserves. Okay, let's fingers crossed that all actually worked. Okay, yep. Moving on. Moving on to the Rams. Um, look, I, I don't want the Rams to be good. Sorry. I don't want the Rams to be good. And it bothers me that everyone thinks they're going to be fantastic now with a new quarterback. And I very much am on the hype train of like quarterbacks going to new places that, you know, should have panned out a little better. Not to say that Matthew Stafford didn't pan out because he's obviously a good player, but, um, instead of 10 and a half, I will take the over, I guess. Um, I feel like I'm just doing that to be, to be safe. Um, fantasy guy, I put Robert Woods, obviously, because I picked last on this front, so somebody in their offense that can still get points, that is what I'm going with. Um, and then breakout candidate, I put Tutu Atwell, and I put him here because they need someone to be a kick and punt returner, and that is the guy that should do it, because he is fast. I think at his pro day, he ran a sub 4-4-40. Whoa, that's a mouthful to say. Um, and he's so fast. I mean, if you watched him at Louisville at all, you know he's, or Louisville, however, pe- however people say it. Um, you know he's fast, and I think that should be their guy. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm up next. Man, we really got off yeah. track there for a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Paige, I'm kind of with you there. I don't necessarily want to see the Rams be good. But I think that they are going to be good. I don't think they're going to be as good as everybody wants them to be, though. They're not like the, oh, man, they're going to the Super Bowl. Like You still have those Tampa Bay Buccaneers to worry about. And even in your own division, the 49ers and Seahawks. But I do think that they can win more than 10.5 games. So I'm going to take the over on the 10.5 games. And my fantasy guy is going to be Cooper Cup 
Um, everybody tells me that Matthew Stafford is so much better than Jared Goff, so that means that Cooper Cup must have a much better season because I do think that he is receiver one in that crowded receiver room. And my breakout guy is going to be Van Jefferson, who I, I, I expect the, the Rams to throw the ball a lot. With Cam Akers going down, it seems like any time Matt Stafford is playing, he's chucking the ball 40 times. I don't think that's going to change now with the Rams. I, I think they're, they're going to air it out. And Van Jefferson is a guy who can kind of emerge as like a, a number three receiver in that, on that team. But, I mean, that might be good for 60 catches still. Yeah, I'm a big Van Jefferson fan. I mean, when we saw him at the Senior Bowl, it was like, this dude is such a smooth yeah. route runner, such a clean player. Someone does have to step up and be that third option for them. I'm also going to take the over. I am a huge fan of what the Rams roster looks like. Even my biggest question is the loss of Brandon Staley. But you still have Jalen Ramsey. Yep. You still have Aaron Donald. You still have all those weapons on offense. So it's hard for me to imagine them taking a step back. I think they're only going to be better. So I think the over, I do think they win this division. I would not be surprised if they're playing the NFC Championship game against a team like Tampa or Green Bay. I think they could be that good this year. My fantasy guy, you both said it. Matthew Stafford, they're going to chuck the ball 50 times a game. He has one of the strongest arms in the NFL. In Detroit, with no help, he was thrown for 5,000 yards. Now he has Sean McVay, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, a much better offensive line. He He's going to throw for 5,500 yards this year. I mean, it, there was talks about 6,000. He might be yeah. the guy who finally does it, right? So yeah. I, I do think that Stafford breaks out this year. I'm telling on myself a week before Mello and I's fantasy football draft, and I don't care. Everybody, all, Everyone in our league listens to this show. I'm saying it now. Do not leave Matthew Stafford on the board for me. I will steal him because I'm all over him as one of the best quarterbacks in football this year. And my breakout candidate, I went a little bit deeper here, but Mello knows this is one of my favorite players in the NFL, Darius Williams, the corner opposite Jalen Ramsey. When you're opposite Jalen Ramsey, you get tested. People throw at you. Darius Williams made it to where folks actually had to try to decide, like, who do I want to fuck with today? The answer is neither of them because they're both really good. But Jalen Ramsey, best corner in football, no one's touching that. But Darius Williams is probably the best corner in football that I would say the casual fan is not aware of yet. Matt, what round would you say you're targeting Matt Stafford? <laughs> Just not for our you. listeners. Not telling you. Know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I will say that friend. he is ranked very low. Uh, I have it in front of me, actually. I don't have it in front of me. I did um, until my computer died. <laughs> ESPN has him rated so low on the quarterbacks. And when I was looking yesterday at our uh, fantasy draft stuff, Mello, I was like, how in God's name is Matthew Stafford ranked this low? Okay, I finally got it pulled up here. He is ranked... Number 13 overall at quarterback. Joe Burrow is ahead of him. Ryan Tannehill. Really? Jalen Hurts. Don't let him last oh. that long. I'm just saying. Oh, I, he will not last that long. I can guarantee that one. He's ranked number 96 overall. In a 12-team league, what is that, the sixth round? I can't do math that quick. No, it's later I mean, well, than Well, quarterbacks will round? go. Well, depending on your league, quarterbacks will go lower. Not in the one we play in. No. Just saying, don't don't sleep on it. That's my that's my fantasy tip of the day. So, all right, last one: Arizona Cardinals. Did you do your breakout candidate? I did. Yeah. Darius Williams. I'm sorry. I guess I was I just so hyped about Matthew Stafford that yeah, it, it was snuck in there. Like you went back to it, so I wasn't sure. All right, Cardinals set at eight. I took the under. Um, fantasy guy, I also picked last on this, but this guy's going to get you some points. Kyler Murray. He's probably more highly rated than Matthew Stafford on fantasy boards, if I had to guess. Um, 
And then breakout candidate, I put Chase Edmonds because, again, I do think be, with the departure of Kenyon Drake, being able to be RB1 and sort of be in control there, you're going to get your touches. So I think he's going to have a big year. Um, the other thing I will wanted to ask you guys before we get into your stuff is don't you think it's kind of funny that, like, Cliff Kingsbury is probably going to be the king of just, like, not getting fired for doing a very mediocre job. Like, he has spurts and moments, but, like, and I say this with yes. love because I do really love him. Um, but I think it's so funny that he was at Texas Tech for a really long time, and I think it takes kind of a lot to be fired as an NFL head coach, a lot more than does a college coach. I mean, do you think we're going to see a repeat of how, like, Cliff just, like, sticks with this for as long as possible? I mean, he has so much talent on that team. They should be really good that I, I, I don't see them changing – like head coaches at all, even if they're bad. I yeah. the only thing I can see is if they fired Steve Kime, the general manager, but Steve has been there forever. So that seems like an ownership group that's not in a hurry to make those big changes. So in the roster, I don't know that it's solid. Yeah, but is like very they've underperformed. Is it? Yeah, like they've they've really they've really underperformed. Well, now they have like a beefed up offensive line too. But I mean, beefed yeah, yeah. up in quotes. You know what I mean? Because and they don't have anything. Yeah, they do have right. J.J. Watt. But they're going to probably lose Chandler Jones because they gave J.J. Watt more money than him. So, like, yeah, they're yeah, still so. the Cardinals. Like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. They might have a attractive head coach with a cool house. They're still the Cardinals. So. Yeah. If, um, if he didn't look the way that he did, no one would talk about him. Like, he looked like Matt Patricia. <laughs> he would not be an NFL head coach. He'd probably he be fired be. already. Yeah, he wouldn't be a head coach. He, no he wouldn't have went no from way. USC to the Arizona Cardinals. Like he was the offensive coordinator for about two days yeah. at USC, and then got I'm the Arizona pretty sure job. He held the all-time college football yardage record when he was at Texas Tech. I mean, he definitely held theirs. He's probably been surpassed yeah. by now. But you're a legend, and you got fired from mm-hmm. your alma mater, and you somehow end up a head coach in the NFL. You hey, were a bad a, Big Twelve head coach. But also, it he was a legend at Texas Tech, and he had Patrick Mahomes on roster. Most games he ever won was eight with Patrick Mahomes and Baker okay. Mayfield on roster. To be fair, is probably one of the only people that actually watched those games with Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't all his fault. That defense just never they they oh, ran up the score. No, yeah, that's what no, I'm saying. You or, had the or best Cliffs, like you have to ever. Be, like he's not a defensive guy, so like you have to bring yeah. in people that can work on both ends of the ball. So but isn't I don't know. that your job as a head coach is to know your yes, weaknesses yes, and is. build the staff? Yeah. I mean, he tried. Recruit. He really did bring in solid candidates, but it just he tried did not. so hard. We're so proud of you. Here's your accomplishment <laughs> medal. Uh-huh. You know what? Yeah, right? I don't want to hear it. Right? Yeah. Miller, Participation Kill this team. All right. Now that we've talked so highly of Cliff Kingsbury, I am picking <laughs> the under. I, I, this is a team that underperforms every year. Uh, I think that they probably will again. I, you know, I bought into the hype a little bit last year. I thought we'd see a big jump from Kyler Murray, and I don't think we did. And I, I think that he probably stays pretty stagnant this year, kind of is who he is. So I'm going to take the under. And once again, like mentioning with every team so far, this division is tough. And I do think the Cardinals are the worst team in this division. I'm not trying to just mm-hmm. shit on any Cardinals fans that we might have, but it's it's going to be tough. You need a tough road ahead. So I'm taking the under. And my fantasy guy, uh, kind of like what you said, Matt, with Matt Stafford, he's going so low, is DeAndre Hopkins. I cannot believe how yeah. low I've seen him go in some of these mock drafts and things like that. Now, to where he's in like round three, round four, and maybe that's just the people that I was doing these mock drafts with. But I, I couldn't believe it. I think he might be the best receiver in the game. They're going to throw the football a lot, and he's still going that low. So keep an eye on him. I, I would not expect him to slip 
in very many drafts. Do we partially think it's because didn't he say he didn't want to get vaccinated? I don't know if he's or not now. He had like a deleted tweet of like, yeah, so maybe that might be cause for reservation Mm -hmm. for people. Like, is he gonna be out at all? I said yesterday, be cool if we could get vaccination status just for fantasy drafts. I mean, they have to do it like injury wise, right? They make (laughs) they make teams do it because of uh, fantasy implications and betting. So. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's. A I thing did in the see that ninety uh, percent of the league is vaccinated at this point, so we just got to get that yep. other ten percent going. Mello, we live yep. in a county for where forty-one percent of people have one shot. I don't even know I if said, I believe that. That's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> right. That might that seems high. Please uh-huh. get your shot. Uh, okay, my turn. The Cardinals. I'm actually going to be a chicken and say push on the eight wins because I think that's about right for this team. Uh, I think they're going to outscore a lot of people. And they're also going to give up a ton of points. So there are going to be games where when they play a team like the Niners with bad corners, they're probably going to score a ton of points and win those games. They're going to play a team like the Rams with good corners. They're not going to be able to do anything because they are they're an offensive juggernaut. We know this. But Kyler Murray has to play better this year. 26 touchdowns and 12 picks won't cut it for this team. Not in year three. He has to have more of an offensive output. I even think as a runner, we need to see him do more. Uh, be what you were advertised to be coming out of Oklahoma where we just haven't seen that yet. And I'm just, there's like, there's no excuses with him. You have the best receiver in football, arguably. Now you even have someone in uh, AJ Green who's going to help. You've, like Paige said, they've added to the offensive line where you actually have a pretty good left tackle in Humphrey. So I just don't understand why we haven't seen that jump from him yet when so much was expected of him last year. So my fantasy guy, I'm actually staying away from the passing game, even though I do think it'll be prolific. Chase Edmonds is going to catch a ton of passes out of the backfield. He's great on those swing routes. He's great on the dump-offs. I don't know that he'll be a huge contributor in the run game, but for your PPR leagues, I think Chase Edmonds is probably being slept on a little bit. So I don't know that he's an RB1 or RB2 type guy for you, but maybe a flex guy, definitely someone to have on your bench because my whole fantasy philosophy after last year is I need three running backs that I trust because someone's going to get hurt with COVID, with a longer season. I want depth, so Chase Edmonds would be a good RB3 candidate. My breakout player... There's not a lot on this team because there's just we know who these guys are, right? Yeah. But I'm going to take Marco Wilson, a corner out of Florida, famous for throwing the shoe, which I respect <laughs> that he's really owned that. He's got some funny tweets about it. It's great. Uh, but I also do think that this is a player that they need. They need someone to step up. You know, you lose Pat Pete, uh, who huge role on this team, especially in terms of leadership. But also, when you need to go three, four corners, you're going to need that depth back there. Byron Murphy's a good player who I like a lot. Um, yep. Malcolm Butler is kind of an older guy, so I think we could see Marco Wilson slide into that cornerback three role and have a pretty big season for them. Look at so that, Those guys. are my takes. Those, those are the takes. That's how we should those end this. Takes, right? Those are the takes. Yeah. We lost Matt for a bit. Thank you for bearing with our technical difficulties. I'm sure producer Matt, world's best. Uh, he put, like, world's best producer on our last episode, which I thought was so funny on the coffee mug. Um, love him to death, and I'm sure he'll do a great job. But also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Two guys, a girl pod, Instagram, Twitter, tweet us things you want to hear, you don't want to hear, all of the things. We, we love to hear it. Leave us a review on Apple, and we will see you guys next week. And hopefully my voice is back. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.